my one was chasing Pac, uh, Pac-Man, which is Manny's nickname. But then I was thinking, well, people are going to think it's about a video game. So. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Try Reading. It is me, Gabriel, but I'll stop talking. Now, who we're really all excited to hear from is today's guest. Joining me today is the author and self-proclaimed world's biggest Ube fanatic, Rod Bulido. How are you doing, Rod? Oh, great. Uh, thanks for having me. Looking, Been looking forward to talking. Of course, I have as well. I am just so excited to have you on the podcast and to talk about your debut novel, Chasing Pacquiao, which is releasing in May. And I'm just very excited to see more diversity in the publishing and book world. And it's just, it's such a wonderful story. And so I can't wait for its release and to learn more about you and this writing process. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, definitely. Thanks for having me. Of course. I always start the podcast with the question, uh, what is your current read? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's funny is that I have like a few right now. But um, so I am reading um, my friend Becky Abertali's latest that's coming out the same day as uh, Chasing Pacquiao, um, Imogen, obviously. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying that. You know, nobody writes banter better than Becky. So it's a really fun read, which uh, I think I kind of need right now because <laughs> the the whip I'm working on right now is is pretty serious. It, it's about um, Asian hate crimes during the pandemic. So <laughs> you, guess you can imagine that's pretty heavy, but uh yeah, I think I really need the lightness of uh, Becky's uh, book. Of course, that's a, a very anticipated read for me this year. And you're right, no one writes banter <laughs> like Becky Albertalli does. Well, I am currently reading Always the Almost by Edward Underhill. And that was the arc of that book was so kindly sent to me by the publishers and uh, that releases on February 14th, but it's a romance and it uh, follows a trans main character and it's such a fun story. And I'm just at the very beginning, but I'm very excited to see how it goes and I'm enjoying it immensely. But that's awesome. Um, yeah. And the listeners can stay tuned for Edward on the podcast in the near future. So, um, yeah, but it's definitely a book to look out for. I have two little honorable mentions just of upcoming releases from previous guests on the podcast, but one is Never Forget Eleanor by Jason June, which is a picture book involving um, the experience of having a family member with Alzheimer's, and it is a really wonderful story, and it follows elephants as the main characters, and so it's very sweet, and that releases on February 14th. And Well Done by Stuart Gibbs, which is the eighth book in his Fun Jungle mystery series, releases on February 21st. So if you have someone who likes picture books in your life, Jason June, her writing is like the most perfect picture book stories ever. And Stuart Gibbs writes the best mystery and just adventure stories. But those are my two little plugins for today. But my... 
first question for you is how did you discover your love for books and reading? Uh, well, it was pretty early on. Um, when I was a kid, maybe like six years old or so, I really got into the Hardy Boys mystery books. Um, I would spend hours reading them. Um, I wouldn't even go outside to play. And at bedtime, uh, I would I would uh, do what you see in every movie. I'd hide under the covers with a flashlight and read them late into the night. And uh, I remember it on the back of the covers, they had a they had a list of like. Uh, 50 titles in the Hardy Boy series and I would just go down the list checking them off and uh, uh, checking them out at the my library and buying them at the at the garage sales and uh, I just couldn't get enough of that and uh, I always loved mysteries so um, I really just gobbled up the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew mysteries yeah and that's the perfect image of a reader of reading under the covers late at night with the flashlight. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I would just do that even in the daytime, just to set the mystery, the mystery mood. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Was there a specific point that you knew you wanted to be a writer? Uh, well, it's interesting. Um, actually, uh, when I was in high school and college, I originally wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, I went to film school at uh, Cal State Long Beach, and I wrote and directed my first movie, The Flip Side, which uh, became the first feature by a Filipino director to premiere at the Sundance Film Festival. Wow. And, uh, after that, I was signed to a top agency. And uh, but unfortunately, um, Hollywood wasn't very receptive to diverse stories. Um, then um, uh, I would meet with producers, and they would love my screenplays, but uh, they would tell me uh, to, they would actually tell me to change my Filipino characters to white. Wow. Yeah, and so uh, I refused to do that because uh, I wanted to be a filmmaker to tell Filipino stories. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so after a few years of that, my agent dropped me and uh, I went through, you know, a period of um, just being lost and not knowing what to do because it would always been my dream to be a filmmaker. And then, uh, my wife and I had our son, Alex, and uh, I became a stay-at-home dad. And uh, I figured, you know, I've always also wanted to write books. So since I couldn't be a filmmaker, I decided <clears throat> while I was raising my son, uh, while he's off at a, at a preschool and kindergarten, grade school, I would write. And so I basically <clears throat> used that time to teach myself how to become a writer. And I went through so, uh, my first manuscript was, oh, it was a disaster. I really did not know what I was doing. Um, I <clears throat> basically had to learn uh, the, um, 
YA genre uh, rules because I was writing a sci-fi a novel about a shapeshifter and I was wrote it in uh, third person past tense and I had like <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking I had like seven different point of views <laughs> <laughs> you know I think it was because I was really into Game of Thrones at the time and I thought oh yeah I'm gonna be like uh, Filipino George R. R. Martin you know <laughs> right and it was just ridiculous and then I remember I, I entered it into a uh, DV pit the um author pitch contest on Twitter and I did got got no bites <laughs> and then um I uh, started querying it and oh my god my curry stats are horrible I, I sent out like 30 queries and uh most of them I didn't even hear back from but I got like maybe like 20 plus rejections so yeah and then um I came up with a story idea for chasing Pacquiao and then by then I I I look back at the, my first manuscript as kind of my my um writing school just <laughs> learning what not to do right figuring out what works so I, I think that's pretty good I mean I only so I only wrote one manuscript before chasing Pacquiao and I know a, a lot of uh aspiring writers spend a lifetime in going through several manuscripts so i consider myself fortunate but again i, I but uh, again i had a background in uh, writing screenplays and uh, i knew story structure so that that helped me of course but it you know you started you have to start somewhere and now it led you to publishing your debut novel so that's very exciting yeah yeah I'm definitely excited and now you know I'm fully committed to being an author and I just love the writing process and I've gotten so much support from the writing community and uh, I'm really just enjoying this this new journey and this this second chance that's wonderful thanks of course I know as someone personally, who's Puerto Rican, I am really fortunate now to have so many diverse authors and, you know, diverse characters within books. But I think, you know, if I had been reading, you know, the YA books I read now, just even 20 years ago, I wouldn't have seen as much diversity. So for you growing up, were you able to see yourself represented in books or in authors or in media? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, when I was younger, there were no books with Filipino or even queer main characters, zero. So now it's amazing to see so many Filipino authors getting published. And, uh, you know, from Aaron Entrada uh, to Randy Rabai. And I, I just gives me so, so much hope. It's very inspiring that uh, my, my growing up, I wasn't able to read or uh, see stories about uh, uh, myself. So it's just gratifying knowing that my son will be able to experience that. He'll be able to read books that I was that weren't available for me when I was uh, growing up. Absolutely. 
Well, on that topic of representation and diversity, Chasing Pacquiao, which releases on May 2nd, your debut novel, it follows Bobby, and self-preservation is Bobby's motto for surviving his notoriously violent high school, unscathed. Being out and queer would put an unavoidable target on his back, especially in a Filipino community that frowns on homosexuality. It's best to keep his head down, get good grades, and stay out of trouble. When Bobby is unwillingly outed in a terrible way, he is no longer afforded the luxury of being invisible. A vicious encounter has him scrambling for a new way to survive, by fighting back. Bobby is inspired by champion Filipino boxer Manny Pacquiao to take up boxing and challenge his tormentor. Then, Pacquiao publicly declares his stance against queer people, and Bobby's faith in his hero and himself is shaken to the core. This book... Well, I mean, for the listeners who obviously many of which aren't able to read it yet, it sounds absolutely fantastic, I'm sure, to them. And I am so excited for it to be released and just for others to be able to read this, just such an important and, you know, just empowering story for so many readers. And so um, if I may ask, what was the inspiration for Chasing Pacquiao? Oh, yeah, so um, well, I was a huge Manny Pacquiao fan. I watched all his fights. I bought and wore all his merchandise. And uh, so uh, I had this story idea of a bully teen who learns to defend himself by studying the fights of Pacquiao. But uh, at the time, I thought the premise didn't stand out enough. It might have been a little cliche. So I put it aside. And... Then in February of 2016, Pacquiao gave an interview in which he called gay people worse than animals, which set off a storm of controversy and divided the Filipino community worldwide. And uh, so after many discussions about the uh, incident with uh, my queer friends um, and family members, I thought that uh, my original idea would be much more poignant if the protagonist were a queer teen who idolizes Pacquiao, only to find out that his hero is homophobic. So I got really invested and excited about, about it because I knew that it was a story that needed to be told. And uh, so I set about writing it. Um, and it took uh, about a year, a year and a half to get a good draft. And I sent it off. Uh, I entered a DV pit again, but this time with uh, a much better manuscript. And uh, I got about uh, nine agents uh, interested. And out of those nine, um, six requested the full manuscript. And uh, I got two offers and then I, signed with uh, Jim McCarthy, and he's been my agent ever since. Wow. Well, kudos to you for that, you know, amazing journey. And um, it's so wonderful to hear. What was this process of writing Chasing Pacquiao like for you? Um. Well, I had to do a ton of research because uh, I'm not a boxer. 
um, and never really boxed before uh, writing this, and which uh, kind of worked out because in the beginning of the story, Bobby isn't a boxer either. So it, our experiences are, are similar. I was uh, learning about boxing while writing a character who is also learning about boxing, <laughs> how to box. So I watched a lot of how-to videos on YouTube and read boxing books and uh, I visited boxing gyms and uh, would just observe their training. And uh, I even um, let my friend who is a really avid boxer, uh, <laughs> let him punch me in the face a couple of times <laughs> just, to, just to, you know, get a feeling of what it's like. And yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's how dedicated I was to the research. Right. What led you to the final title of the book? So maybe, you know, how did you come up with the title and did you go through a few options before finding your final title? Uh, well, um, I guess Chasing Pacquiao was the original title. I didn't have any other alternates. I There were a couple that I, I thought of. Um, one was Chasing Pac-Man, uh, Pac which is Manny's nickname. But then I was thinking, well, people are going to think it's about a video game. <laughs> so, you know, so um, but because of the subject matter, uh, I wanted a title that, that had action in it and one that alluded to the protagonist's journey of trying to emulate his hero. And uh, even though there were no really other contenders that I thought of, um, I really had to fight to keep the title because there was some editorial concern that uh, a general audience wouldn't know who Manny Pacquiao is, which uh, I completely disagreed with. He's perhaps the most famous uh, uh, Filipino on the planet, and uh, he's a worldwide icon in the sporting world. So, right. um, yeah, so I, yeah, I did not agree with that at all. I, I thought actually that his name in the title would uh, actually draw more interest. And then when people learn what it's about, you know, it would make them want to read it even more. Um, because uh, that that interview with Pacquiao is, you know, it was a worldwide news uh, item at the time. It, it was covered by not only ESPN but CNN and uh, every every uh, news outlet out there. So what I did was <laughs> I I put up polls on social media with all the title choices. There was a couple other that I had to. I came up with, which I wasn't really a big fan of. And uh, Chasing Pacquiao won by a large margin. So thankfully, uh, my editor uh, allowed me to keep the title, which I'm very thankful for. Yeah, and I agree. I think it, I mean, I know when I first saw the title, it attracted my eye. And I know you're right. Like you said, it would draw others in who know about Manny Pacquiao or have heard the name or are fans of the boxing world. And um, yeah, but once readers are able to pick up this book and read it, I'm 
so excited to see how everyone is going to love it. And um, about how long, if you have a specific timeline or an idea of how long it took for um, Chasing Pacquiao to be picked up by an agent or a publisher. Well, so we first went on submission in February 2020, and it was picked up by Viking in May 2021. So yeah, nearly a, a year and a half of submissions. Uh, it was going to be actually picked up much earlier by an interested editor, but uh, she actually backed out at the last minute because when we were talking, uh, she thought that I wasn't queer because uh, I wasn't out at the time. And uh, so after she rejected Chasing Pacquiao, I went through a months long period of depression. And uh, I uh, later discussed it with my family and my agent and I came out as bisexual in my essay late to the party. And uh, the essay went viral in the writing community and uh, it shined a light on uh, queer gatekeeping and publishing, which brought renewed interest to uh, Chasing Pacquiao. And uh, fortunately my editor, Jenny Bach at Viking loved it and wanted to work with me in putting it out in the world. So yeah, it's it's been <laughs> a, a struggle to get this book out there. And uh, I guess my story just shows that, uh, you know, that nothing is promised and you have to fight for your voice. And uh, if it, it could be an example to, to aspiring writers out there is to just do not give up, is have faith that your stories matter. Absolutely. And that's such an important message, especially now within the book world and beyond the book world. And, you know, on that, you know, step of stories and telling stories, what was most important for you about telling Bobby's story? Uh, well, uh, I know the subject matter is heavy at first glance, but I wanted to tell his story with humor and joy i think i think the book is very funny uh the main characters they have um such a rapport and uh despite the trauma bobby suffers and uh, being let down by his hero those circumstances don't define him you know um i very much wanted to stay away from uh you know how certain uh, stories or issue uh, stories the characters are complete blanks you know or they don't have much personality and all of the story just derives from the circumstances but um I wanted to show the joy that Bobby finds in his relationship with his boyfriend Brandon and the uh the banter that they have and the hilarious uh, back and forth uh, Bobby has with his uh, his BFF, Rosie. So yeah, I think people are going to be surprised too. Um, 
that uh, the I definitely give the story the weight that it deserves, but also it's very humorous and uh, just um, the the joy in it is is very uh, palpable. It's I'm uh, really excited for people to to read it. Yeah. And that's so important to have, you know, it is important to show the heavier topics and to show, you know, real situations that can happen within a person or, but then also show the joy that can come out of it or um, the opposite end of that, of just all the happiness someone can have with a friend or you know, a significant other, or it's such a wonderful message to share with and a story to share. So um, thank you for writing such a wonderful story. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. What are you most excited for when Chasing Pacquiao releases? Well, I'm really looking forward to talking with queer kids especially Filipino ones who will see themselves represented. Um, And uh, also uh, talking with queer Pacquiao fans who felt betrayed by his homophobia. So I'm really looking forward to uh, the discourse and um, having great conversations with readers and uh, even with the people who uh, might not agree with with uh, the book and it, its portrayals. And uh, I, I definitely want uh, people who might be intolerant, you know, to uh, hopefully see the damage that they're, they're doing too, to their, um, their uh, friends and relatives. So, um, yeah, but I'm definitely looking forward to meeting and talking with the readers. Absolutely. And I can only imagine the anticipation (laughs) that you might be feeling or just, um, it's such an exciting experience. Oh yeah. I'm excited to go on, um, author panels and book festivals and podcasts like this and just yeah. a really exciting time. Of course. What do you hope your readers will take away from reading Chasing Pacquiao? Well, I hope that Bobby's story helps queer readers be comfortable with their true selves, even if they're not out. And uh, hopefully it'll give them the courage to take that step when they're ready. Um, and like I said, too, I, I hope that those who are intolerant will give the book a chance, you know, and uh, realize that their, their uh, opinions are, are harmful. And um, yeah, I really just uh, hope that people go into it with an open mind. Yeah. The cover 
is absolutely stunning and yeah it's it's gorgeous oh my gosh I it went that's what immediately um attracted my eye and I was wow and just all the different there's small moments with other characters on the book and with Bobby and all you know surrounding him uh what was the process like for creating this cover uh so my editor Jenny Bach hired the amazing artist Betsy Kola who's based in the Philippines and she does these wonderful comic book cover mock-ups of uh, Asian Marvel superheroes and uh, so Betsy came up with a cool shattered mirror design which I think perfectly symbolizes Bobby's fractured life and all the trauma he's going through and um, so I uh, when I first saw the cover I suggested it was mostly blue before but so I suggested the color scheme of blue red and yellow to um, which are the colors of the Philippine flag and uh, also um, they just happen to be the colors too of Superman so um, if, uh, Bobby is actually a comic book geek him, him he and his boyfriend Brandon are diehard uh, Marvel fans and so um I just uh, thought it, it perfectly the idea of the color scheme and the pose that Bobby's in it, it totally represents um comic books and the theme in the book of of heroes letting you down and then learning to become your own hero so i i think we just got the perfect artist for this cover because like i said she specializes in comic book covers and uh, it was just perfect when i found out uh, uh, my editor hired betsy i was just (laughs) over the moon and then when i the mock-ups started coming in. I was just blown away each time. And so, yeah, I couldn't be happier with the cover. It's so wonderful. And I love that, you know, little message that you put of becoming your own hero and learning to become your own hero. And it's so important, especially just within you know, for readers to be able to see it within books and um, for them to take that message out into reality. Um, As a writer, what helps you get into the right mood for writing? I think, I think I write best when uh, I'm just in a good mood. So I, I try to put on happy music and uh, but you know that doesn't work all the time. So uh, sometimes I'm totally not in the mood to write. But uh, you know, as a working writer, uh, you, you have to. It's writing is a job. It's it may be a creative one and a fun one, but you have to put in the work just like any other job, even if you're not in the right mood. So um, yeah many times I don't find myself in the right mood (laughs) and I just 
try, I just power through it. I try to power through it. But um, yeah, but definitely music helps. Um, you know, I sometimes I like <laughs> give my promise myself a reward. You know, if I write so so many words, you know? right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, on that sort of topic when you had mentioned music or you know whether it's music or movies or other books is there something specific that you uh, that are very inspirational to you when wanting to sit down and write um and any form of media yeah well um i guess we're specifically chasing pacquiao i watched a lot of boxing movies uh like creed and raging bull and uh, I did that because I tried, I wanted to steer clear of the genre's cliches and uh, turn it on its ear, which uh, is one of the reasons I made Bobby a comic book geek, because, you know, you never seen that on a boxing story. Um, but yeah, I uh, just watching or reading good writing and listening to, to music with good lyrics this really inspires me. You know, so yeah. Any any work that uh, is takes an established genre, I think, and, and it tries to do something new with it, which is what I try to do with uh, Chasing Pacquiao. Right. Well, do you have a favorite artist or song that you like to listen to? Or, um... uh, yeah, well, uh, I listen to a lot of uh, the Filipino rapper Ruby Ibarra, and uh, I I listen to Taylor Swift a lot. Uh, I love her lyrics and uh, the old school rapper Karis One. Um, one song that helped me in, in capturing the mood of Chasing Pacquiao is uh, The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel. Mm. This, it's this epic song about a poor downtrodden fighter who you know, keeps getting knocked down by life, which is exactly what, what Bobby is. And uh, yeah, um, that really helped me set the mood. And, if you've ever listened to the song, um, the chorus is um, just them chanting "Lie, lie, lie" over and over, and it, it's like a rally cry, and it just helped me get into the mindset of Bobby, uh, him never giving up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are all wonderful artists and songs. And yes, Taylor Swift, her lyrics are very fun as well. I can agree with that for sure. I must ask, since in your um, bio on your website, it states, and as I introduce you today, you're the world's self-proclaimed biggest Ube fanatic. <laughs> so um, I love any 
form of an ube treat or um, right. Mia P. Manansala, who was on episode seven. Um, her books feature a lot of Filipino food and cooking, and there's ube crinkles, which are absolutely oh, delicious. Yeah. So do you have a favorite ube treat or a few? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Mia's books, and that's part of uh, what I, I love about them is her recipes, and, and especially the ube ones. <laughs> so um, I absolutely love ube ice cream with uh, makapono pieces, which is coconut, and uh, ubi halaya, which is uh, ubi jam, which um, my dad made every Christmas when we were growing up. So that's how I originally got hooked on ube. Um, I always <laughs> would beg him to make it more throughout the year, but uh, he would only do it during the holidays. So um, of course, I, I would go to the store and, and buy the, the jars and the ice cream. But it, my absolute favorite is uh, the ubi halaya that my, my dad made during the holidays. So um, yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's funny because I, I might post about ube uh, just as much or if not more than my writing <laughs> on Instagram. So I think people might get be getting a little sick sick of that, which <laughs> and of course um uh the characters in Chasing Pocky are, are just huge Ube fans and it's it's all over the story. <laughs> yeah part of what I also love about Ube too is uh you know the the color purple which um is uh one of the colors for uh, in the bi bisexual flag, so I love that how that works out. That um, my my favorite <laughs> dessert of all time just happened to be the same color. Yeah, and well, in my opinion, you can never have too much ube, and so um, I am definitely taking note <laughs> on your recommendations. But. Yes. Um, Definitely. And, and if I might say too, um, yeah. uh, I definitely urge uh, people to to buy ube sweets from uh, Filipino bakeries and support Filipino businesses because there, there are, I guess there are a lot of like ube products showing up at, at like Trader Joe's and uh, they quite they don't quite have the flavor down yeah <laughs> so i i really urge people to to seek out the uh real thing and uh, to support uh filipino bakeries absolutely what advice would you give to someone within the writing world and if you would like to say maybe specifically someone writing with poc and or lgbtq plus characters yeah, uh, I would say to always fight for your voice. Don't let anyone water it down. Just, I think, be true to that. And uh, take chances with your writing. Don't do what everyone else is doing. And I think that'll, it's the best way to help yourself stand out from the crowd because it, there's so many people, 
so many right aspiring writers querying and you definitely need to do something that will set you apart but uh, i think those are the two main things um you know just uh keep at it too i've went through so many uh hardships and rejections first as a indie filmmaker and uh just coming up against uh, these roadblocks in Hollywood. And then, and then also when I was uh, trying to, uh, to get Chasing Pacquiao out there, it was, it was definitely, it was probably the hardest endeavor I've ever went through. And this is, <laughs> this is an indie filmmaker talking here who, you know, and I think putting this novel out was even harder than, than making indie films. So I guess my main advice too is just to do not give up and believe in your voice. Rod, thank you so much for sharing your advice and all of your stories today. And thank you so so much for joining me on the podcast oh yes thanks gabriel for having me um, such a lovely talk and uh i can't wait till may 2nd when uh, chasing pocket is out in the world and i'm uh, looking forward to talking with all of my readers absolutely i cannot wait either and to get to go in the store and hold the final copies and to get to go see them and put a final copy on my shelf i'm very excited thank you of course where can the listeners find you whether you like to say website or social media or oh sure i'm always on instagram and twitter you can find me at rod a polito and uh, my website rodpolito.com but um yeah come find me on instagram and twitter I love uh, engaging with my uh, readers and uh love to find out what's going on with them amazing that will be linked below and the link to pre-order chasing pacquiao as well as adding it on goodreads will be linked below so listeners you should definitely go do that whether you add it on goodreads or pre-order it pre-order it i highly highly recommend it and you believe me you'll want to read this book so thank you everyone for listening to this episode and don't forget to follow, subscribe, and rate the podcast. And you can find Try Reading wherever you get your podcasts and episodes release every other Friday. If you want to buy books by the Try Reading authors, you can do that through the Try Reading link tree below. And you can find Try Reading on Instagram at Try Reading Podcast and on Twitter at Try Reading 2022. Rod, I am so fortunate to have gotten to chat with you today. And I hope you enjoyed your time. And I know I enjoyed learning more about you. Oh, yeah. It was a great conversation. I'm glad we uh, finally got to meet. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again.